Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, one, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, two, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but now has been disclosed, and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. The Gospel of Jesus Christ and its preaching strengthen and encourage all of us. The very thought that we can come into this place and know that in meeting together with the holiness of God from his throne to us, that we can do so without fear because of what Jesus of Nazareth has done. That he is standing at the right hand of the throne of God between us so that his kingship provides his cover, his hospitality, his ownership of us so that we are his and he is ours. I will be your God and you will be my people. This good news that the king has come guides this entire season. This good news that in this king we have forgiveness of sins and restoration to the hope of eternal life. That the bar against us that keeps us out of Eden, away from the tree of life, has now become accessible again through the cross so that we can eat and drink from Jesus himself. And that there does come a day when all of the veils are taken away and we will finally see him face to face. It is an apocalypse, Paul writes. It's a revelation. It isn't standard operating procedure. Standard operating procedure is what David thought was going to happen. David thought standard operating procedure was after he finished up his palace, he looked around and said, Oh, I guess I forgot about God. Maybe I ought to build him a house too. <laughs> God's still living in a tent, and I've got all this good stuff. Well, let's rectify that. We'll build him a house too. Wouldn't that be nice, God? Wouldn't you like to have a nice house to live in? No. No, I, I don't begrudge you your house, I guess, if, if that's what you feel you need to stand alongside the other nations of the world, but that's not really my style. See, my style has always been shepherding out there in the field with my people, with my flock. I don't need a house to do that. I just need you to be my shepherd. So let's, let's do it my way for just a moment, if you can rethink it with me, David, how about instead of you building me a house, I'll build you a house. 
and, and not just the way you think, but not just the way of having one son after another and grandsons and great-grandsons all the way down. But I'll tell you what kind of a house is really going to do justice to me on earth with my people so that I can shepherd them the way they need to be shepherded. And that's going to happen when I take on flesh. The real house that God wants to dwell in is the flesh and blood of Jesus of Nazareth, conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, to be my Lord. That is a great house. And it satisfies both sets of expectations. It satisfies God the Father's expectations of establishing fellowship with you and me and with the rest of humankind in this world. And it satisfies the expectations of David who wants to have an eternal kingship, just the way God promised. But, but not because of Solomon, <laughs> and certainly not because of Rehoboam, and certainly not because of any other Elijahs or Ijahs that go through all the course of Israel's history. Because that all comes to an end when the son of David, Jesus, ascends to his throne at the right hand of the throne of God and establishes a kingship over all nations and not just over Jacob. But for all of us, just like God promised, through you, Abraham, I will bless all the nations, not just your own flesh and blood, but but everyone. I will establish my king in righteousness over all kings so that every knee can bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This was an apocalypse, a revelation. It wasn't what was expected. It wasn't standard operating procedure, but it is God's own guerrilla warfare against sin, Satan, death, hell, and the devil. He goes in seemingly undercover, invades right to the very core of the matter, right to the very core of death and sin itself, and forgives it and blows it up from the inside. That's an effective guerrilla warfare tactic. He wins. He wins. And not the way we expect it. But in this apocalyptic revelation, the mystery in God's own wisdom that this is how it was all going to play out. And it begins with the angel coming to Mary and telling her that she is about to be the mother of the Lord, of God, the mother of God, Theotokos. Can you imagine? <laughs> the mother of God. How can that possibly be? But that's why it's an apocalypse. That's why it's a mystery held for so long. That's why it is a revelation. What do we say when we see revelations? Well, we say things like, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> no way. That's not, that's not the way it works. Ah, but it's so much better than what you thought going into this plan. To have a king as Jesus is, who loves thoroughly without limit, who has absolute 
thorough compassion, who knows all things and can sympathize with all things and can reign from the throne of God and see all that needs to happen for the good of this message that the forgiveness of sins is available now through the cross of Jesus Christ and eternal life is its down payment in his resurrection. This has now been disclosed. It's now been set free on the lips of the apostles and forecasted by the prophets. So now... The whole book, from Genesis to Malachi, and now all of these new ones that the apostles are writing, are open, are open books, not just for Israel, but for all the nations, so that anybody can come to know the heart of God through Jesus Christ. What has he been on about all this time? This grand shift in everything we would have expected a God to be. Now, through these prophetic writings, all nations have been declared acceptable to God by his own command, because Jesus takes on flesh. His true house, his true temple, which then he is going to plant in the earth, raise from the dead, and then multiply on Pentecost. So that his cornerstone becomes the, the foundation stone for the apostles and prophets and then is built up all the way into St. Robert with you and me to be a house for God. A building of living stones, not standard operating procedure at all. David's vision only goes so far, you see. Let's build God a house of cedar. No. I have in mind a house of flesh and blood. A house of words and hearing. A house where the people of God and the word of God has free course. So that the, the announcement of the forgiveness of sins and the, the joy of eternal life in the resurrection of Jesus Christ has sway over all. And that between each and every block is this grace and hope and faith and love. So that it all is bound together by the sinews of my Holy Spirit. <laughs> what a house! Oh my goodness! You see how vastly, vastly more magnificent the vision of God is, the wisdom of God is, than the wisdom of David. He sees, he sees this kingdom continuing on in Solomon. And, and Solomon, imagining that, well, I'm the God. I'm, I'm the son, right? I'm going to build this big house. Okay. You build your house. It's a placeholder. It's a placeholder for the living, breathing, spirit-filled people of God that Jesus is the first fruits of. <laughs> It's nothing, nothing compared to what God has in mind. A house, a mountain that will fill the entire earth as his reign is established. People by people, heart by heart, mind by mind, ear by ear, mouth by mouth. 
Christmas. Christmas is the beginning of this huge wave. The, the, the pebble going into the lake, the pebble going into the pond, with the reverberations that will cascade throughout history, even into eternity. God incarnate, God become flesh through the Virgin Mary, so that each one of his words can grab hold of each one of our hearts, so that we can be placed into his kingdom, placed into his house, with him as our father. <coughs> son of David. The son of David that is enthroned at the right hand of the God, the Father Almighty, so that we will have a place to know we can look for sure, for truth, to know where the way is. That's the way. That's where we're headed. All of this in the meantime, is all about gathering more and more stray blocks, pieces of gravel here and there, so that they can all be a part of what house the Lord God himself is building. I'll build you a house, David. Just you wait and see. This is all done according to the word of God, Paul writes. He's been at this from day one. We didn't get it. <laughs> Paul, Paul readily admits, we didn't get it. But now it's gotten us. <laughs> and that's the joy of it. That's the good news of it. We had, we had this in mind. We had, we had the David problem in mind. Let's, let's make a nation for ourselves, a, a safe place here in the world where we can defend ourselves. God had the Adam and Eve problem in mind the whole time. The enemy is not the ites or the istines or the anything else that's around you. The problem is death. The problem is the fear of hell. The problem is the fear of Satan. The problem is what's keeping you from the cross, what's keeping you from the right hand of the throne of God, what's keeping you from gathering together with the people of God around the Lamb. That's the problem. Let's fix that problem. That problem is fixed by receiving the good gifts of God. Receiving the good gifts of God and thankfully recognizing there's absolutely no way, no way I could do this on my own. That I am absolutely destitute when it comes to anything that could create fellowship with God again, but he has breached, he has breached all the walls. He has come and traversed all the barriers. He has come and bridged all the gaps. And he has come and set up his house in our lives. Well, it's not so much that we house him. <laughs> it's that he houses us. It's our God. It's our Lord who has spread his hospitable tent over us. And he begins in a manger. He begins in a womb. Mary carries him, and then he carries the world. Amen. The peace of God that passes all human understanding, keep your heart and mind in faith towards Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.